Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, April 13. Be solution-oriented, not problem-oriented. Problem consciousness only draws to itself more problems, as flypaper draws flies. But solution consciousness, like a magnet, <clears throat> attracts answers and shines a bright light onto every difficulty. You know, these two words, isn't that a funny expression, you know? Maybe you know, but if you know, why are you listening to me? <laughs> but I hear my mind, I hear my voice say that. You know? I wonder where that comes from. What, what inside a person... I guess I, this is a self-evident truth, is how I feel about it. But what I'm about to say, you probably don't know. In the context of Ananda, these two phrases, problem-oriented and solution-oriented, and the phrase problem-conscious, these are all like language that is very common in the context in which I live. But really, there's no reason why, it, why the world itself should know it, but there's lots of reasons why the world might want to know it. And it's, it, those very words are what we have to really think about, because the word is oriented. And it's, it's kind of like, which way do we lean? Uh, I came onto the spiritual path when I was 24. And, um, I mean, excuse me, I moved to Ananda Village just before I was 24. I actually really started on the path just before I was 19. And I met Swami when I was 22. So there was, an, there was a lot of solid years before, before 24 even. But the point being, 24, 12-year cycles have astrological significance because they have to do with the movement of the planet Jupiter in your horoscope, which makes a 12-year cycle. So every 12 years it comes back to its origin point and a whole transit of evolutionary transit of personal development happens because Jupiter represents the guru in the horoscope. Now I have told you just about all I know about astrology, except that my friends who are astrologers who tell me about my horoscope have persuaded me that it's a very real energy. Now, I, let's say I started at Ananda when I was 24. I was settled in my spiritual path by the time I was 24. And then 12 years later, and I've gone through several 12s by now, when I turned 36, I had a very interesting conscious experience that was almost to my birth date. It wasn't, may have even been almost exactly on my birth date. And this was what it was. I have had a complex personal psychology, which by the grace of God and a little bit of effort on my part, we've resolved a lot of it. But my, my psychology was always very complex. And part of it was just this orientation toward self-doubt, an orientation toward um, uh, fear, nervousness, lack of confidence, so that whenever there was stress, I, would, I was oriented. It was like I was already leaning in, into kind of this negative self-concept. Um, I was... I. Uh, my, my psychology is complex. So I also still presented myself with a great deal of authority and conviction, but there was always this undercurrent, which I, of course, in the privacy of my own mind and in my own life, I was aware of. Um, 
I, I thought of it in terms of the floor was slightly, um, my, my subconscious mind, which is, your subconscious mind is the accumulated experience of all your past lives, the way I'm using the word. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not exactly using it the way psychologists do, but sort of. The accumulated experience of all your past lives, which give you a self-concept. And so my self-concept was one of, of a lack of confidence and an inclination toward guilt and self-blame. So I was oriented that way. So it just like if the floor is flat and you put down a marble, the marble will just sit there. If the foundation is a little bit weak, a little bit, sh- the foundation is shifted. Where I live in Mountain View, California, in the buildings that we live in that have been here for a long time, the ground is a little unstable. And in certain of the apartments, if you set a marble on the floor, it will roll because the building is just slightly slanted. Um, it's not going to fall over. It's going to stand for another 40 years, the engineers have told us, but it slants a little bit. So the marble will always go in a certain direction. The marble, so to speak, of my self-concept, when everything was still and I would set the marble, it would roll slightly downhill toward self-doubt. After 12 years of serious sadhana, kriya practice, living in community, selfless service, when I was 36, I set the marble down and lo and behold, just an absolute barely discernible millimeter, it had shifted toward the positive self-concept. Now, I cannot begin to give you a feeling of the magnitude of that shift. I mean, you you can imagine it, but, but that meant whenever the pressure was on, I leaned toward feeling fine rather than feeling horrible about myself. Huge. Now, that's the orientation. I'm talking about orientation. That's what I mean. So we can have in our lives, we can be oriented toward problems. So that when something happens, you set the marble down of a neutral situation, but if we're oriented to see problems, the marble automatically rolls down to where we see the difficulties that are going to come. If it's oriented toward solutions, you set the marble down of exactly the same circumstances, and it rolls toward a solution instead of rolling toward a problem. Now just think about everything else that follows from that. I was with a friend once in the car, and we were of two types, really of two types. And the car suddenly, without any warning, simply stopped working. It just stopped. And my friend and I, I said, well, my my orientation toward life was positive. My orientation toward myself was different, if you can separate them, because my psychology was complex. Okay, so the car stopped, and I said, oh, it's something small, it's not going to be a big issue. Simultaneously, the other person in the car said, oh, the car is ruined, what are we going to do? (laughs) And neither of us knew anything about cars, nothing about cars in general, and nothing about the car we were sitting in. But just like that, the marble of our orientation rolled where it was going. As it turned out, it wasn't anything that serious. But even if we had lost the car, one of my friends was talking about a friend of his. I think you've heard me say this, but it's so fabulous. He talked about his friend who had just, his attitude toward life was, and this was the phrase he used, whatever would happen, he would sort of say under his breath, this is good, this is good, this this is good, this is good. 
And I, I love the sound of that. You know, it's just like, here we are in the middle of the desert. We don't have any water. We have a flat tire and there's no gasoline. I haven't seen anybody drive by in the last five hours. This is good. This is good. This is good. You, know, you just say it like that. And almost right away, you, you just start thinking, this is good. I wonder why this is good. If you say it with conviction. And, and then Swami's talking about a much, much deeper and very important principle, which is our thoughts have power. Our thoughts have magnetic force. And this universe is not, it's not a material world. We're not living all this, all this stuff. You've heard me again say this many times, all this stuff. I sit in this chair. You're probably ad nauseum looking at me sitting in this chair. I sit in this chair. This chair has a certain shape. Every time I sit down in it, I do not fall through the chair. I do not fall through the floor. I do not fall through the earth because we, this is a vibration of energy that is different than my body, that is different than the floor, but it's just a vibration of energy. That's all it is. This is science. This isn't just metaphysics. This is physics. And we have to really begin to understand, and this is what's happening in, in this new age that we're coming into. People are beginning to understand that the secrets of this universe are quite different than they appear. And there's, there's a tremendous number of training courses now that are all based, not, I mean, my orientation is God-realization. Many people's orientation is just, you know, how to make a little more money, have a little more life. But we're all talking the same thing. We're all talking about the actual nature of reality and how to influence it. And the fact that everything we experience is a pattern of energy and therefore will be influenced by other patterns of energy puts tremendous importance on our thoughts because thought is one of the most powerful forces in the universe and the consciousness behind the thought. So when we consistently say, oh, it's a disaster, oh, I'm a terrible person, oh, I don't know what we're going to do, it's just as soon as something happens, if the marble of our consciousness just rolls down into this pit of, oh, we're never going to be able to solve it, and this problem is going to lead to this, and if I don't have a car, this is going to happen. And just, you know, you can see how easily that goes. I mean, I'm sure you have friends, or maybe you're one of them, who, whenever it happens, not only sees this problem, but sees every single problem that's going to come after it. And it's not being, it's not just seeing reality and accepting it, it's being oriented to, toward always thinking it's going to be another problem. Now, to be solution-oriented is not to be naive. It's not to say, oh, the car will start if you turn the ignition one more time. It's not to say we're not in the desert. You know, we're here in the desert and the car is broken down. No, we're not. We're at a health spa. No, you're sitting in the desert and the car has broken down and nobody has come by for five hours. It's, this is a fact. But there's a solution there's always a solution. So you see the reality of it, but you tip toward the fact that, oh, we'll solve this. We'll solve this. And the, the mere idea that it can be solved acts as a magnet to draw from the universe ideas for how to solve it. I saw this so many times with Swami Kriyananda. You know, his, his team, which was me and all of my cohorts, we were a, a bright group. I just have to say that. We were an energetic we were creative, we were original. You know, we were the lunatic fringe, as I was saying yesterday when I was talking about what we were looking at yesterday. We were the cutting edge of a new reality. I'm speaking now from literally 50 years ago, 
when what we were doing was really incredibly radical. Now it's proven itself to be a lot more, well, the mainstream, well, our radical has become almost mainstream, and so now we have to become more radical in order to keep doing our job. But we were a bright lot, energetic, determined, ambitious, well-informed in the ways of what we were trying to do, about what we were trying to do. We would apply our minds sometimes to situations just the very best we could do, and just with all the right tools and the right attitudes, we just couldn't solve the problem. We'd bring it to Swamiji, and I don't know, just in a matter of moments, usually, he would just pop up with some idea that once he offered it was so obvious, so practical, so just right there in front of our noses, and for some reason we couldn't see it. And it was to a large extent which way we were oriented. When Swamiji was oriented toward there has to be a solution to this, then suddenly there was a solution. And nothing had changed about the objective facts, but his magnetism, and this is what Swami says, if you're solution-oriented, being solution-oriented, you see, if you want to trace it all the way to the end, it's faith in God. Because solution-oriented follows a, 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 a little principle that is my own, my own little principle. If it's not the happy ending, it's not the ending. Which is to say, it, we're not finished. If this hasn't resolved into some harmonious, beautiful solution, then we, we're just not finished. Now, that doesn't mean, and I'm not that, this naive, and I have to say it without a smile, there are a lot of really awful things that happen in life. And many chapters, which is to say even whole incarnations, do not end harmoniously and beautifully. But that's not the end. But even in this small situation, what small meaning this life and everything involved in it, there's always a way to go forward. There's always a way to go forward. There's always a solution in which we can keep moving toward our true goal, which is God-realization. You see, that's the solution we're looking for. So don't think that, you know, just to be solution-oriented means that you'll find the money or that some big benefactor will come or there'll be a cure for your incurable disease discovered tomorrow or somebody you love who has died is going to suddenly not be dead. These are just, these are not things that are possible. But to be solution-oriented is to understand that no matter what happens, this is good, this is good. Because it's taking me and everyone I love closer to our divine goal. You see, there's a bigger picture involved here, but you can take any part of the bigger picture that you want. But for now, just take the little piece that makes sense to you and experiment with it and let your own experience then be your guide. So Swami says... Be solution-oriented, not problem-oriented. Problem consciousness only draws to itself more problems, as flypaper draws flies. But solution consciousness, like a magnet, attracts answers and shines a bright light onto every difficulty. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.